Hello and welcome to another episode of the Redesign Podcast. This is episode 20, 20 episodes deep. We're definitely not playing. Neither is Apple and neither is the EU. Did you watch the Apple keynote last Monday? At first glance, I wasn't really sure what was going on. It all looked a bit weird. You had Big Bird from Sesame Street on stage, Oprah Winfrey, Steven Spielberg. Jennifer Aniston, there's a whole heap of celebrities up there. And uh, Apple announced a number of different services or platforms, or whatever you want to call them. Um, but yeah, a uh, bit weird, but very, very interesting and indicative of what is going to happen in, you know, like digital media and the world of tech, uh, specifically fintech. If you don't know what fintech is, that's financial technology, basically. Um, yeah, got a lot of stuff to talk about in this week's episode, but let's jump to the intro. Are you sure you can blame it on social media? Flexing is good for business. Spending money makes you money. Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. Redesigned. You've got to put in the effort every single day. Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers. They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge. So some of you um, asked me to cover the Apple keynote and give a breakdown of what was going on. So we're going to do that. I'll give you the radio edit. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's coming up shortly. But yeah, we've got a new intro. Let me know what you guys think. My name is Andrew, a.k.a. Mr. Katebox. And this podcast is sponsored by Katebox Creative. And also, uh, shout out to Quaker Street Coffee. Shout out to Mo. So this week we're talking about the breakdown. We're doing a breakdown of Monday's Apple keynote. And the main feature is, uh, the main feature we're going to be covering this week is Article 13. Um, No, we're not talking about Brexit, but it is about the EU and their plans to uh, change the direction of how the internet works in terms of content and copyright. Yeah, it's going to affect the way we use the internet if we're still part of the EU. Um, Even if we're not part of the EU, um, once this legislation comes through and is being enforced in all of the 27 or 28 uh, EU member states, then it could have a knock-on effect on how the rest of the world responds because the companies that are going to be affected are not even in the EU. We're talking about massive companies like Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. It could have a lot of serious implications, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. But yeah, hope you guys had a good weekend. Mother's Day weekend just gone. Easter's round the corner. This year is just flying by. A uh, date for your diaries as well. 11th of May. Keep that date free. Um, Going to be announcing in a couple of weeks time a redesigned pod event. Not going to reveal all of the details all at once right now. Still sorting out the final bits and bobs and uh, organizing the format and seeing how it's going to run. But yeah, date for your diaries. Uh, 11th of May 2019. 
so I'll keep you posted just make sure you keep close keep listening to the pod also if you want to get involved in the conversation make sure you use the hashtag redesignpod or one word you can follow me on twitter at andrew underscore cbx both on instagram and twitter and if you want to drop us an email if you've got something to say if you want to be a guest on the podcast send an email to redesignpod at mail.com and yeah someone will get back to you so yeah get comfortable let's get cracking with this week's pod oh by the way um quick question when you're listening to the redesign podcast what are you usually doing are you driving or are you on the commute to work or uni are you in the gym are you washing dishes cooking let me know i'd really love to know what it is that you're doing when you are listening to the podcast if you don't want to make it public send me a dm if you want to make it public use the hashtag redesign pod i would love to find out so yeah let's start with the apple keynote So this past Monday, Apple announced a number of different services, some of them more interesting than others. I was kind of confused as to what the whole point was, but after thinking about it and watching it again, um, it is actually quite interesting. So let's start with Apple Arcade. This will be important to you depending on whether you're a gamer or not, if you're into computer games. Um, I'm not massively into gaming at the moment. I'm more of a casual gamer, but I haven't actually turned on my PS4 for about for about six months, which is it's almost like what is the point of having it? But anyway, yeah, Apple have launched, well, announced a service called Apple Arcade. So this is a monthly subscription to basically access as many games as you want without actually incurring any additional costs. So usually on the Apple App Store, you have to pay for it's either you get free games or you um, you have games with in-app purchases so you get the game for free and then inside the game you'll get push notifications if you want for, if you want upgrades or new levels or you know access to other parts of the game or new content um, you've got that model and then you've also got the premium model where you pay you actually pay for the game in full up front so this is a different type of business model kind of like the spotify of you know the Spotify model where you can uh, access as many games as you want, play as many games as you want, all for one subscription, which Apple didn't actually disclose. They didn't actually say how much it would cost per month. And that is a recurring theme throughout the whole <laughs> Apple event. There was no discussion of money, funny enough. Um, so yeah, Apple Arcade, all you can play, one subscription, no ads, no in-app purchases, which is kind of good because it is kind of annoying when you're playing games and you get all these pop-ups asking you to upgrade. And also if you've got little kids and they are, you know, if you're not too sure about how to put on the content locks and all of that stuff, they have been known to like, rack up credit card and debit card bills for just buying random games. Um, make sure that you know what you're doing in terms of you know the parental controls on your kids phones and stuff um, but that will alleviate that problem as well so you've got that um, you can actually play the games not just on your phone you can um, move across device so you can play it on your ipad your mac and your apple tv so you can pick up where you left off on that same game across different devices um and you can actually have family sharing enabled so up to six family members can access those games for that one subscription and they one recurring theme they kept on talking about was privacy which 
I don't know why, but um, they say they're committed to users' privacy. So from their point of view, it kind of helps um, games be more easily discovered because, yeah, the games are mixed with apps, so it can be quite difficult to find good games on there. But this is specifically keeping them separated, allowing people to easily find uh, new games. And it also helps like game developers as well in terms of, you know, funding. Yeah, so that was the Apple Arcade thingy majig. They said they're going to be launching with like a few hundred games. Be interesting to see what it is. I mean, personally, I'm still more of a traditional PlayStation sort of person. PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, you know, the main the main consoles. Not too sure how this would pan out as like uh, Google launched a similar sort of... Um, they announced a similar sort of thing as well last week called Google Stadia. So we'll see. We'll see. Can the tech giants actually take on the uh, the main players in the computer game industry? We'll see. Like I said last week, you never know. It could be anybody's game. Just how Apple came out and just took out Nokia. They took out the main players and no one believed it would happen. But yeah. Um, what else did Apple launch? They Yeah. So Apple announced a new service called Apple News Plus. So that involves full access to hundreds of different magazines uh, for one monthly subscription. Again, it's using the Spotify business model where you pay one subscription fee and you can access as many different titles as you want. Um, I think this is really good because I think the magazine industry has been dead for some time now and no one's really kind of worked out a way how to revive it i personally haven't read any magazines for a long time i haven't i mean i've paid for a few on the app store specifically like t3 or, or stuff magazine but i'm just not really i don't know i just couldn't really get down with the format after being online for so long and reading blogs and watching youtube videos and listening to podcasts i wasn't so like the the, the need for magazines is kind of like i don't know kind of obsolete but uh, this is very interesting. Uh, you've got major publishers on there. And I think it will actually help to um, sell things like the iPad and the iPad Pro. It's been noted that there's been a sharp decline in tablet sales, especially as like smartphones have actually got bigger. You've got bigger screens now. So there's not really so much of a need to have a tablet as well. Um, but I think this could actually change the game, um, especially with like the the way the magazine publishers are now including like interactive pages, interactive front covers. The photography looks amazing. I think it could actually bring back magazines. And it could also be a, a winning formula to get people buying more tablets as well. So that will be very, very interesting to see what happens with that and also in addition to that i think it's it's going to help mass media take their power back in terms of distribution distribution has been falling magazine circulations just have been absolutely destroyed since social media came along i think they're they're taking their power back so yeah apple news plus a monthly subscription where you can basically read any magazine you want for one subscription will it make magazines relevant again who knows Okay, so the new Apple TV app was announced. It's been redesigned and also upgraded to be featured on different streaming devices as well. So you don't actually need 
moving forward, you might, you probably won't even need an Apple TV box to watch Apple TV content. So Samsung, LG and Sony have agreed to support Apple TV. So moving forward from 2019 onwards, new TV models will feature the Apple TV app. So you can watch content on those smart TVs without actually buying an Apple TV box. Um, It's also going to be featured on Roku streaming devices and also the Amazon Fire Stick, uh, probably more in the future. They've also got a a new streaming service, as I mentioned last week. They've now confirmed it's going to be called Apple TV Plus. And they say this is featuring original shows and movies across every genre. Um, And this is going to be released in autumn of this year. And details are still very, very sketchy on this. But it's just another streaming platform. But the interesting thing is it's going to allow you to access other um, streaming platforms from within that. So we're talking about HBO, Showtime, uh, ITV Hub, um, BBC programs as well. So, yeah, you're going to have a multitude of different streaming providers accessible from Apple TV just by using that one app. I don't know how it's going to work, but that's what they're saying. And again. No one is actually saying anything about how much it's going to cost. Very, very sketchy. How much is this all going to cost, mate? I want to know. Um, And finally, Apple have decided to get into the credit card game, which is very, very interesting. A new kind of credit card created by Apple, not a bank. So the aim of this card supposedly is to change the status quo of credit cards and banking by providing the the simplicity transparency and privacy which is sometimes lacking in traditional banking is touted as the first card that actually encourages you to pay less interest apparently there's no fees so no late fees um and you can buy things directly from your iphone or use the apple designed titanium card anywhere in the world that accepts mastercard um the card, you know, typical Apple fashion. They make it very minimal design. It does look quite nice. I'm not going to lie to you. The APR I'm hearing is between 13, sorry, between 11 and 25% APR, depending on your credit rating. I don't know. I don't know. Um, do we really need something like Apple Card? Well, let's look at what's included. Let's look at the features. Let's look at the benefits. So with the Apple Card, you can keep track of your spending habits and, and trends, kind of like Monzo or Clio. So if you if you use any of these services, you know it kind of helps you keep track of what you're spending and where you're spending your money. Uh, food, clothes shopping, leisure, travel. Um, it kind of keeps a track of what you're spending and gives you tips on, you know, depending on whether you're trying to spend less or if you're trying to save more yeah it lets you know that as well and also sometimes when you look at your bank statement sometimes you look at who the transaction has gone to you can't really work out who it is because it's got a different name to the shop maybe they've got the comp the parent company name or something or it's abbreviated and you can't really work out who you paid with this it's got machine learning and ai which actually links whatever transaction or whatever shop it was to a logo and you can actually see the company logo instead of just like worrying about who it was so when you see the logo and the name you know exactly where your money is going 
uh, which is quite cool as well also everything's all color coded so food travel all that stuff it's all color coded so you can kind of work out what's going on in your account um, as I said before no fees which is interesting I don't know how that's gonna work um, and also from a customer service point of view it's quite innovative if you ever need to query something on your account or you need help you just literally text customer services using iMessenger so this could be a, a game changer the convenience is very very remarkable I would say um, another step forward towards being a cashless society I think so if you have a question it's really simple to get in contact with customer services using the iMessenger so they're saying no annual fees no cash advance fees no international fees and no over the limit or returned payment fees which is kind of sick um, they say that their goal is to provide interest rates that are among the lowest in the industry. So if you miss a payment, they're saying, don't worry about it. We got you. We won't charge you a late fee or apply a new high interest penalty rate fee. Um, however, you keep getting interest on your balance at regular interest rate. Um, okay, cool. I'm not really a finance guy, but that's what they're saying. Um, one of the interesting things about this card is the fact that you will get cash back on all your purchases and they refer to this scheme, um, which you don't even have to opt into. It's already, it's just there and working uh, a scheme called daily cash. And it's exactly what it says on the tin. This isn't vouchers or points or anything like that. It's literally cash. So you could do anything with that money. You can send it to a friend, you can spend it and, um, you get there's three different tiers. So you get 3% back on everything you buy from Apple, obviously. So they're <laughs> encouraging you to spend more money with them. Uh, so that includes games, all the app stuff, anything on the app store, uh, music subscriptions, iCloud storage plans, all that stuff. Anything on the iTunes store, you'll get 3% back on that. So any hardware as well. So if you buy, you know, if you buy a young set of AirPods, then you will get 3% cash back, apparently on everything you buy from Apple. And that's whether you buy online or in-store. Then you get 2% back every time you buy something using Apple Pay. So that's in every category with no limits. So if you use it for Uber, if you use it uh, to do your food shopping, when you go to the checkout and you use your Apple Pay, you will get 2% cash back. And then the bottom tier, 1%, if you happen to come across a shop that doesn't actually take Apple Pay, this is where the, you know, the titanium card, the phys actual physical card that you get, um, you will still get 1% back of your purchase, which is kind of sick. I do like the idea of that. But the partnership is with Goldman Sachs. We're not going to see this here in the UK for a while. It's not that simple. Obviously, there's lots of banking regulations, but we'll see. I wonder who would be a partner because I don't know, it might be a high street bank that we know of, maybe NatWest or Santander. We'll see. Even if you don't sign up to this, it's another indication of where banking could be heading in the next in the next few years in terms of technology. It's getting a lot simpler. We're definitely heading towards cashless society. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Redesigned. So now, 
I've covered whether I've covered Apple TV, the new Apple TV app. Um, covered Apple Card, Apple Arcade, and News Plus. We talked about all that stuff. Now let's talk about the main thing here, which is Article Thirteen. If you live in the UK, you're probably bored of hearing about Brexit. You're probably bored about hearing about the EU and what they're what they're doing. Um, if you don't live in the UK, you're probably hearing this all over the news, Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. The crazy thing is whether you live in the EU or not, all these things can affect you in the future. Because once one set of countries starts doing things, when mass adoption happens, other governments see it might be is successful, then it gets adopted in other countries. So it's only a matter of time. But um, yeah, Article 13, let's talk about that. You may remember that in September 2018, UKIP sent Count Dankula and I to the European Parliament to do what we could to try and stop Article 13 from passing in the Parliament. Well, we gave talks, we spoke to MEPs, and we failed. And that was just one of a series of votes that was going to happen. And it was around this time that YouTube finally woke up to the danger that Article 13 posed to their platform and actually started to talk about it. In a creator blog posted over a month after the initial vote, YouTube finally decided to draw people's attention to the fact that Article 13 was going to radically change the internet in Europe as we know it. Article 13, as written, threatens to shut down the ability of millions of people, from creators like you to everyday users, to upload content to platforms like YouTube, and it threatens to block users in the EU from viewing content that is already live on the channels of creators everywhere. This legislation poses a threat to both your livelihood and your ability to share your voice with the world. If implemented as proposed, Article 13 threatens hundreds and thousands of jobs, European creators, businesses, artists, and everyone they employ. The proposal could force platforms like YouTube to only allow content from a small number of large companies. It would be too risky for platforms to host content from smaller original creators because the platforms would now be directly liable for that content. And that really is the crux of the issue. What the European Union is trying to do is change the burden of responsibility for the person who posts copyrighted content to be liable for any copyright that they infringe and transfer that to the platform itself that is hosting the content. What this means is that if I infringe someone else's copyright while posting to my channel, then I am responsible for that copyright infringement and the person who owns the copyright needs to sue me personally for posting it. The European Union would like to change that so that person would then instead be forced to sue YouTube. Now you might think, well, hey, that sounds fantastic as it's going to prevent me from being sued. But no, you would be wrong. It's going to force any social media company to have to take adequate protection against being sued from actions taken by the users. Now that means upload filters. And the European Union is well aware of that. Article 13 refers to Article 13 of the Directive of the European Parliament and of the Council on Copyright in the Digital Market. And this is it in its entirety. Within it, they are well aware that these social media companies will have to use effective content recognition technologies. What that means is an algorithm that will be able to scan all content uploaded to the social media network and check that against a giant database of copyrighted work. And anything that is matched will have to be 
prevented from being uploaded. While an algorithm might recognize a piece of content as coming from a Disney movie, for example, there are various legal provisions that allow people to use content for satire, parody, or educational purposes. Naturally, an algorithm is not going to be able to detect the context in which a piece of material is being used. So that piece of audio you just heard was from Sargon of Akkad on YouTube from a video called Article 13 Cometh. If you want to hear the full, if you want to watch the full video, there was a link in the description in the notes of the podcast. So check that out. But anyway... So what is Article 13? Article 13 is a new set of EU copyright laws which basically stop anyone from uploading copyrighted material or content, no matter how big or small, whether it's fair use or not, including text, audio, images and video. Now, and and this is even going as far as hyperlinks. So you know, like when you link, you post a link to a piece of content or a news article, they're talking about that as well. They are literally on a mission to just fuck up the internet. Um, this is, I'm telling you guys, this is the golden era of the web. Sometimes you really don't know how good you've got things until until it's gone. Seriously, the, the internet is changing. I think we've had it good for a very long time. The free and open internet, we've been allowed to do so many things. It's given us so much convenience, so much entertainment, so much laughter. It's allowed us to start businesses. It's allowed us to get access to information that you'd have never had before. And now it looks like the internet is the free and open internet is under attack. So Article 13 proposes a link tax, which takes away the ability to freely link across the internet and the freedom to create online. So people are calling it the meme killer. Um, and then you're, you're seeing I'm seeing other sources saying that memes are actually going to be safe it really depends because obviously with memes sometimes it's taken from copyrighted material if it is from copyrighted material best believe that you're not going to see those kind of things anymore I'm going to give some examples of of this and also like why it actually matters alright so you remember when Drake came out with In My Feelings there was a In My Feelings challenge and everyone was obviously uploading the song and doing and filming their their own version of it with the dance and whatever under article 13 in the eu that wouldn't be possible so anyone who lives in the eu if they try to upload that song in instagram twitter whatever or facebook if you try and upload it it will be blocked because it's got copyrighted material in it you think drake owns the copyright to that song no it's the record label so if you look even if you look up that song if you look up that song the copyright owner is universal music you think they're gonna allow it nah universal has the right to charge instagram for that post so imagine if five million people are uploading that how much is that going to cost instagram so it's in the interest of these companies now to have these filters these content id filters that prevent any copyrighted material from being on those platforms so right now it's quite relaxed not everything you upload is going to get flagged and also like if you look at youtube creators obviously sometimes you might sample you know a couple of seconds of audio or you know take a little clip out of something it's not really that deep at the moment but with article 13 all this stuff is is going to be blocked 
if you're in the EU. So if someone, let's say, for example, you post a video on YouTube and it's got some copyrighted material. Anyone in the EU is not going to be able to see it. Or what they will do, because that it's going to be impractical for these companies to actually remove every single video or make sure it's not there. What will happen is they will step up their their filtering process. So nothing is actually going to get past it. And then a knock-on effect of that will be the internet is just going to is going to change. You're not going to see things like challenges or, um, you know, things like that. And a lot of the time, especially in recent times, music has become viral. People are streaming certain songs. People are getting to know about certain songs because of, you know, the viral nature of music challenges and stuff like that. So with Article 13, eventually that's gonna kill that's gonna kill that. And who's gonna suffer most? Think about it. It's gonna make social media a, that little bit more boring. You know? It's not gonna be as free. And then think about the artists as well. The the creatives, the mu- the musicians, the up and coming artists that kind of rely on things going viral. They're not gonna have that option anymore. It looks like the corporations are taking their power back, my G's. It looks a bit mad out here. The EU are definitely moving mad. They want to rain on everybody's parade. I don't know what is going on, but it looks like they want to take the internet off us. And not only that, I'm not just talking about that. Look at the new net neutrality laws that got passed. The net neutrality basically means all traffic on the internet is equal. But the law was passed uh, I think a couple, I think it was last, sometime last month that net neutrality ends. So, which means that telecoms providers, the ISPs, you know, whoever you pay your broadband bill to at the end of the month, you know, Verizon, Talk Talk, AT and T. Um, if you're living in the UK, um, if you're paying for Sky broadband or Virgin or whatever, these guys are going to be able to control the speed at which certain websites operate on. Do you know how crazy that is? I'll probably do a, a, a separate episode on net neutrality um, in the future. But these are some of the things that are going to be affecting us that no one's really, really talking about until it actually, until you actually clock is affecting you. Interesting times. Interesting times. And it's going to have it's going to have a knock on effect on entertainment, business, um, how we do our work, how we create everything. Definitely something to think about, guys. Anyway, let me know what your thoughts are on the matter. Um, if you want to get involved in the conversation, as I mentioned before, don't forget to use the hashtag redesignpod, all one word. And closing this episode, I want you guys to follow me on Instagram and uh, I want you to get involved in something. Next week, I'm going to be doing a feature special on you know, the evolution of phones the telephone mobile phones all of that stuff do you remember the first mobile you had or if you're old enough to have a pager if you had a pager i want you guys to tell me what your first mobile phone or pager was probably i think the audience listening to this won't probably won't have pagers but i didn't i certainly didn't have a pager i'm not old enough to say i had a pager um but yeah let me know what your first mobile phone was back in the day um and also do you like talking on the phone still it seems like with 
become a society who don't like being on the phone. Me personally, I can relate to that. I personally prefer a text message or WhatsApp or an email. Um, I don't really like walking around with the phone to my head, to be honest with you. Um, But yeah, get involved. Send me a voice note on the Instagram. Instagram voice notes are so clear. It actually sounds like you're in the room with the person, like on a recording. It It just sounds crystal clear. Um, but yeah, follow me on the Instagram at Andrew underscore CBX. And that is it. Watch out for the Instagram stories as well. I'm going to be posting out some, um, I'm going to be posting out some things relating to that episode. And also don't forget, keep that date in your diary, 11th of May, 2019. Going to be uh, hosting a little event, a very, a very small but intimate event, limited tickets as well. So you're going to have to move quickly when I announce the details yeah so that is it we'll be back next week all right see you on episode 21